This is Michelle from Today's Followers. This podcast is a place where people can learn who they are in Jesus Christ and their purpose in life. Each episode will help you walk on a path that leads to following Jesus Christ and to walk with other believers into a life full of joy, peace, love, and victory. Thank you for joining me on this journey. Welcome to another episode of Today's Followers. Today I'd like to talk to you about living a life of righteousness. As we live in a world where people tend to believe that their ways are right in their own eyes, we find it is hard for many to accept the absolute standard of righteousness. True or false becomes relative, and many believe that they can do whatever they think and feel is right. Today, we will discover why the Bible's views on righteousness stand out among the different views and values this world tries to offer. What is righteousness of man versus the righteousness of God? Righteousness in human standards is defined as the quality of being morally true or justifiable. Webster Dictionary definition of righteousness is conduct that conforms to an accepted standard of right and wrong, faithfulness to high moral standards, acting in accord with divine or moral law, free from guilt or sin. What is the Hebrew meaning of righteousness? That is, to be in the right, be justified, be just. This term can be used to describe someone who has received deliverance from condemnation. Other words that we can relate to righteousness is character, integrity, virtue, and honor. Righteousness is God's divine standard of right and wrong. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 14, it says, Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. It is the breastplate that protects the heart and internal organs of a soldier. The same need for protecting our heart today is required. We are not talking about the organic heart pump, though. We are talking about our inner man. So let's talk about the heart as mentioned in the Bible. The heart is where Christ-like character is formed. The treasure found there are immeasurable in worth. That is why it must be protected. The heart is also seen as the mind, the will, and the emotions, our inner man. For that reason, when the inner man is sick spiritually, the outer man will follow. In Proverbs 4.23, it reads, Above all, we must guard our heart. If we do not guard it, it will return to its old instincts and nature, and our outward life will have the same look. The heart has a great capacity for both good and evil. In Jeremiah 17.9, we read, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? On our own, our natural inner man, our heart is desperately sick. Therefore, we need a change of heart. God promises to give us a new heart because of Christ. 
The breastplate of righteousness creates a changed heart and it protects the heart that is being changed. What does it mean that we are the righteousness of God? In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it reads, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. The righteousness of God in Christ means that you are justified, declared righteous because you have had your sins cleansed by Jesus. This is both all of your past sins and all of your present and future sins that you've repented for and are covered in God's grace for. This phrase, we are the righteousness of God, it simply means that when God looks at us, he sees us through Jesus Christ and Jesus' finished work of the cross. We are completely accepted by God, cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ, and are clothed with Jesus' robe of righteousness. In Psalms 23, verse 3, in the New King James Version, it reads, He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I was reading and I found the Passion Translation and looked up Psalms 23, 3, and it reads, That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. I really like that version and how that reads. Jesus is our greatest example of righteousness and how to live a life of being righteous. We are to be salt and light in this world. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 13, through 16 it says you are the salt of the earth but if the salt loses its flavor how shall it be seasoned it is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men you are the light of the world a city that is set upon a hill cannot be hidden nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus has put his light, his Holy Spirit within you to give you the power to live a holy life for God and to be a witness not only to unbelievers, but your fellow believers. Not for you to boast, but to show others of God's mercy, his grace and love in your life. What God has done for you, he can do for them. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Hunger and thirst are metaphors for a disciple's fervent desire for righteousness. The words, they shall be filled, are in the passive voice indicating that righteousness is not something that disciples can achieve by their own efforts. The Holy Spirit can help us and teach us to live a righteous life. Areas in our lives that we need to turn over to God, the Holy Spirit can guide us and help us and even give us the desire to live a life of righteousness. Not only do we need to make changes to our outward appearances, our behaviors, 
actions and words, but we most importantly need to make changes inwardly in our thoughts, our beliefs, and our goals in life. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 33 in the Amplified Bible, it says, But first and most importantly seek, aim at, strive after his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, the attitude and character of God, and all these things will be given to you also. One of the problems that I see in the church world these days is that it has gotten to the point that it's hard to tell the difference between a believer in Christ and an unbeliever. For example, set a Christian believer and a non-believer next to one another and ask yourself, can you tell the difference between these two? How are their beliefs, their actions, the words they speak, and their thought patterns? There should be a noticeable difference between the two because most importantly, the Holy Spirit of God is living in one of them. There are some people who concentrate on just the outward man and make changes outwardly, but never submit to God inwardly and allow the Holy Spirit to begin making changes inside. Many times these kinds of people are the believers that we see that are rigid harsh, bitter, and angry, but they do profess to be followers of Christ. Ask yourself, how is their witness to others, to both the believer and the non-believer? Are they portraying a life of victory in Jesus? At the time of salvation, there should be a road of living in righteousness and to continue growing in righteousness and becoming more and more like Jesus. For me personally, when I got saved about two and a half months before my high school graduation, there was a change that occurred in my life. I went from spending the week of spring break drinking, partying, and sleeping around to asking Jesus into my life and turning my life over to God. During the next couple of months, I slowly began losing my high school friends because our lifestyle choices were so different now. I no longer had a desire to spend the weekends going to parties, getting drunk, and sleeping around with whoever. As time went on, I began to develop new friendships with people that I was attending church with that was helping me and walking with me in my new Christian walk. A positive thing in regards to my high school friends that occurred was that a few months after I got saved, my best friend got saved and water baptized also. He stated that it was from my new commitment and living for Jesus that helped him make the change in his own life. I give God all the glory for my friend asking Jesus into his heart. If you have been saved for more than 5, 10, 15, or 20 years, ask yourself, am I the same person now as the day that I asked Jesus into my heart? Or have I changed? Do people see more of me or more of Jesus in my life? I want you to ask yourself three questions. Do I still talk the same as before? Do I still curse, lie, and gossip? The second question, ask yourself, do I still act the same as before? How is my temper 
my overall attitude, and my morals. The third question is, do I still think the same as before? Has my mind been renewing into the mind of Christ, or do I still think about the same things as before I got saved? Going back to that first question, in how we talk, the righteous guards their tongue. In Proverbs chapter 21, verse 23, it says, Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. Let God lead your language and transform your heart. When you follow after Christ, he will guide your footsteps and break you free from the carnal ways of the world. Let God heal your heart, transform you, and let him lead the words that come from your mouth. Ephesians 4, 29, it says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. The righteous choose to guard the words that they speak. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Choose to sow into others grace, mercy, and life. A phrase I grew up hearing was, If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Have you ever heard that one? (laughs) Your words can heal encourage others, and minister into their lives. Surrender to Christ and let God use your words to lead, to build, and to restore others. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 24, Pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul, and health to the bones. Choose your words wisely. Now going to that second question about our actions. Choose to surrender to Christ and follow after God's way of doing things and let his word lead you and guide your footsteps. Do not allow the things of this world to corrupt the pure ground of your heart, but rather follow God and his word. In Psalms chapter 24, verses 3 through 5, Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. We need to pattern our character after the heart of Jesus. Let Christ lead and guide your footsteps and remember what God has declared over your life. His word is greater than your problems and your fears. Choose to magnify Christ and pursue his way and his righteousness. In Proverbs twenty-one twenty-one, it says, He who follows righteousness and mercy finds life, righteousness, and honor. We need to choose to pursue Christ with all of our hearts. When you choose to pursue God with all of your heart, he will pour himself into you like never before. Earnestly seek after Christ and pursue him over the things of this world. Choose to crave Christ and let his love overtake you and let his power saturate and dwell richly in every part of your heart and your life. 
Let Christ live in you and breathe upon the works of your hands. Choose to follow his plan, his way, and his word. Surrender to God's word. In Psalms chapter 1, verses 1 through 6, it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the unrighteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Don't live in the counsel of the ungodly or pattern your steps after the unrighteous, but pursue righteousness. Seek Christ and follow in his footsteps. Don't follow after the plans, the advice, or the counsel of the ungodly. Don't stand in the same paths where sinners walk. Actively choose to walk in the path of righteousness and to seek God's way. Pursue Jesus and his way and you will crush the plans and traps of the enemy in your life. For in the path of the righteous, there is fullness of life. In the way of the carnal and ungodly, there is death and destruction. Choose to surrender to Christ and choose life. Choose to delight in God's word, his way, instructions, and teachings. Follow his way. Going back to Psalms chapter 1 and verse 2, it says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Choose to obey Christ and let him transform you. Let God lead your family and do a new thing in each of your lives. In Isaiah 43, 19, it says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Let God's way lead you and carve out a new plan for your life. Follow after Christ in the midst of the wilderness, in the areas of your life that you have felt lonely, depressed, and abandoned. Let God light your path. Surrender to Him. And the question number three, how we think. In Philippians 4, verses 8 and 9, it says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, Whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. As true believers, no matter how often we go to church, we cannot be righteous without filtering our thoughts with the word of God and taking every thought captive 
until it aligns with the word, as we see in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. The secret to righteous and holy living is filling your heart with the word of God. This purifies your heart. King David, a man after God's heart, discovered this secret years ago when he was quick to hide the word of God in his heart in Psalms 119 verse 11. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Jesus made it clear to us that it is truth in the word of God that cleanses and sanctifies us. He prayed for us in John 17, 17. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. We need to seek Jesus' righteousness. God wants you conscious of your everlasting righteousness in Christ. He wants you to be established in what Jesus has done for you. So I encourage you to take some time each day to get this revelation of your righteousness in Christ deep in your spirit. How do you do this? You hear and feed on teachings that reveal Jesus in the gift of his righteousness through faith in his finished work. And you meditate on your righteousness in Christ and declare it every day. It will put courage in your heart and bring an unshakable peace to your soul. It will energize your faith when you pray and give you a confident expectation to receive good things from your Heavenly Father. I believe that's why our Heavenly Father, in knowing the things that we need daily, tells us not to worry about them. What are we supposed to do then? We are to seek first His, Jesus' righteousness, the righteousness that He has given us, and all the things that we need will be added to us. Beloved, when you know that you are right standing with God, always puts Him first on your side. Every fear will melt away like butter on a hot day. For if God is for you, who or what can successfully prevail against you? I hope you have enjoyed today's lesson. And until next time, be blessed. Thank you.